Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hello, people. Nice to see you. Hey, we're going to listen to the opening music as we let the, the social media platforms roll out. I want to say, hey, welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio, sponsored by Heart Tug International, which is our overarching nonprofit. You guys can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and, uh, and, and look at the website. <laughs> There's really nothing there, but you can go over there anyway. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to open up my app here. I totally forgot to do it before the show. And I want to let you know that anytime during this show, uh, if you want to call in, we will be taking calls this episode uh, because this has been like an epic week, hasn't it? And I have a word, people. Yeah, I do. Oh, there we go. Okay. I don't know if I'll be able to see everything, but we will do our best to monitor stuff and uh, and all that. So, have you heard? Have you? <laughs> Have you heard the good news, people? I, tonight, am going to share with you some good news. Yeah, I am. Because, believe it or not, there is good news in the world. We're also going to look at what's going on with Donald Trump and all the social media platforms. Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. And I'm going to give you some news from the baseball world as well. Um... So kick up your shoes, people. Get your Bible. I got some word for you. And um, let's have a good edition of Bible News Radio starting right now. All right. So Happy New Year. <laughs> I, it's so funny. At, at, at a networking meeting I was at yesterday, a couple of people were like, this is like the, the I forgot, however many days into 2020. <sighs> because of all of the hijinks that have been taking place at the Capitol and all of the other stuff, right, that's been going on. And I here's the truth in disclosure, okay? I'm, I'm just right up front. If you're brand new to the show, just so you know, I don't do a regular show like normal people, okay? I just don't because that's not who I am. Um, this show isn't, um, I don't care about ratings, Um my main focus on this show is encouraging the church, discipling the church, and equipping the church so that we can be winsome ambassadors and disciples for Christ. The name of the show is Bible News Radio, which means I put the Bible first, then the news, and then it's kind of on radio. It used to be on Blog Talk Radio, so that's why we got radio. Technically, it's live streaming you know, and all that. And we've been doing this for about almost 17 years, which is really weird. I have a teenager. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> over the history of this show, uh, I have changed a lot of what I do. But one thing I have not changed is putting the gospel first. And I have to tell you that tonight, as I come here, 
there's a there's a little part of me that's like some of you might get mad at me for what I'm going to share. Others of you might hopefully feel convicted by what I'm going to share. And others of you will just like go, really, Stacy? <laughs> Why did I do this to you tonight? And some of you will be like, oh, she's speaking my heart, you know? So there's there's going to be, you know, probably a lot of different feelings that you might have. Um, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with diversity of opinion. That's There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's why we need each other. Um, so what I'm going to share may not be the rant that you want me to share. Um, maybe 10 years ago, I would have ranted. Maybe even four years ago, I would have came behind this microphone and ranted after what we just witnessed in our country but maybe it's because I'm older. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm in my early 50s. So yeah, I, I am older. Uh, I just, it, it just doesn't feel right to me at this point. And there's a couple of reasons why. And I want to share with you a couple of reasons. So I want to read from Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 begins this way. And I love Luke because Luke wrote in, in chronological order. He was a medical doctor and, he, you know, he was probably a firstborn. That's my guess because usually doctors are. Um, and he wrote this. He wrote, now after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he, this is Jesus speaking, Je this, is, this is Jesus, the he that we're talking about. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go behold, go, go behold. <laughs> I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no belt, no, carry no money belt, no bag no sandals, and greet no one along the way. And whatever house you enter first, say, peace be to this house. And if a man, and if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer is deserving of his wages. Do not move from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you. Eat what is served to you and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I say to you, it will be more tolerable on that day for Sodom than for that city. That's saying something, by the way. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that occurred in you had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more toler tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will be brought down to Hades. The one who listens to me, or rather, the one who listens to you, listens to me. 
and the one who rejects you rejects me. But the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Now the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. At that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and, and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for doing so was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal him. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things that you see, and did not see them, and to hear the things that you hear, and did not hear them. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Well, what's written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So Jesus replied and said to him, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he encountered robbers and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by coincidence, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him, and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own animal. And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed compassion to him. And then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. There's a lot there. I could totally spend the rest of the show talking about this whole chapter. But as I have thought about this week and what has happened this week in our great country, um, a couple of things have grieved me and have touched me at the same time. The church itself, John called, John, not John, Jesus called, I was thinking of the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, um, you know, he, Jesus prayed for the unity of the body, 
right? And what I can tell you is that there is none. I don't see it, at least on social media. I was on Twitter earlier today and yesterday and a couple days ago, and I've been reading all the tweets from the top Christian leaders in this country. And <clears throat> I can tell you that I could spend an hour reading you things that are not in line with the Word of God. You know, when Jesus commissioned the disciples to go out in pairs, and he sent them out to evangelize, to share with the world that the gospel, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, you know, he talked a lot about peace. We just read it, right? But he answered the lawyer with a command that it seems to me that the church has lost, at least somewhere. Maybe it's somewhere. <laughs> Rolled up in a scroll somewhere. You know, when Jesus said to love the Lord your God <clears throat> with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, and your strength, that was not like a suggestion. Right? That, that wasn't a suggestion. Jesus didn't go, hey, you know, I suggest that you should love me with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. He didn't just like pull this out of thin air going, um, hey, by the way, it's a good idea if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. By the way, it's, it's one of these things that's on my goal list for 2021. I think you should put it up there. If you can put it up there. If you can make it. You know? No. He said... To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, and your strength. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the wise guy, lawyer, because they are. Well, who's my neighbor? You know, that, that, that question <clears throat> reveals the heart of that guy right there. You know, like, is my neighbor my neighbor, Alicia? Or, or, or my other neighbor? I mean, is that my neighbor? Or... Or are you my neighbor? Is everybody my neighbor? And what's really tragic about that, the story of the Good Samaritan, is it was a religious folk that walked, guy, walked past the guy. And the enemy of that guy is who helped him. And yet, in the body of Christ, we have this division, right? We have the right and we have the left. We have the, the far-right Christian right. We have the far-left Christian left. I don't agree personally with either side. Um, I used to be on the right as far as you could go. And I'm just going to tell you really fast that being in this position that I'm in, I know a lot of people and I hear a lot of things. I've been told a lot of things. And within the world of Christian media, what I can tell you is that there is the elite bought and paid for Christian media. That's most of what you see, by the way. And then there are what I would refer to, and many others do, as your D media in the in Christian world. And that would probably be where I would be, right? I mean, I'm like, influence, not much. <laughs> That's not true, though, actually. Not in the way that you think. Here's the thing. When you're a truth teller, and you're somebody who actually tries to live the word the way it's written... And then you try to hold people to where, to the standard that is given to us. 
you're going to be vilified. You're going to be kicked out. You're going to be kicked to the side. Nobody's going to care about you. You're not going to make any money. And um, people are going to look at you like you're some weirdo. But you know what? I don't care. Never have, never will. And what I can also tell you is that when you take God's word seriously, your life is going to seriously change. And what I'm here to say is the church needs to seriously change and repent seriously because because here's the thing if the church is this divided uh <clears throat> what kind of example are we to the world all we're doing is acting just like the world and i'm sorry but when the seeker sensitive movement came into the church 20 30 years ago and tried to evangelize from the inside out uh you know, it's like, oh, we should do this so, you know, we can attract the world. I'm sorry, the church is never supposed to, it's not supposed to look like the world. We are holy people set, a, set apart for a mission. And that mission is to evangelize and show the love of Jesus Christ to people. If there's no love for Christ in you as a Christian, how the heck are you going to share it with somebody else? Ugh. I'm just saying, and, 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 and I'm, I'm not yelling at you per se. I've been taken to the woodshed a lot, uh, because of my attitude. And now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm at the place. Okay. I've repented. <laughs> I've learned the lesson. So now, now I have to tell you what I've learned. And here's what I've learned. Love is patient. Yeah, it is. And it's kind, you know, have you read the love chapter? I mean, you know, I mean, it, it just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to read the whole thing because, because chapter 13, we forget the first part and the first part's very important. It falls on the heels of 12, where it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me, you grew up around a lot of people who think the gift of tongues is all that and you, and you, you know, you have words of prophecy coming from all the prophets left and right, blah, blah, etc. And that is a whole nother show I could do and I might tomorrow on, on the prophecies that were out there about Donald Trump. But this is to the church that Paul wrote this. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I, don't, but I do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing, nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, social justice movement, and if I surrender my body to be burned, martyrs, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing, nothing. See that word, nothing, twice. It says nothing twice there. And then it says, love is patient, love is kind not jealous does not brag and it's not arrogant doesn't act unbecomingly well what do you mean it doesn't act unbecomingly you know who defines unbecomingly we live in a world where seriously it does not seek its own as in own way it's not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered it's not provoked how many of you, and, and 
And how many of you are guilty of being totally provoked by the news media? That's all they do, by the way. That's why I don't watch it, because I know me. And if I'm going to watch a whole bunch of stuff that's designed to provoke me, that's stupid. I mean, you know, I mean, hello, we're supposed to guard our hearts. If I'm watching something that I know is going to tick me off, that's not smart, right? That's kind of stupid that you would like, hey, hey, I'm going to watch this. I'm, ooh, my blood pressure, I'm, you know, I, you know, it, it's, it's not provoked. Love is not provoked. I'm going to tell you, I could list a hundred Christian leaders who have been completely provoked, big time. Not one of them have mentioned loving God first and the first commandment, which seems to get like forgotten. And and yet I've seen a whole bunch of the other commandments recently talked about, but not the first one. And I remember years ago, somebody saying to me, you know what? If Christians just followed the first commandment, then all the rest would fall into place. And yet, have you noticed the deception in the church and self-deception has gotten to the point where we don't even talk about the first commandment, right? Oh, and we were talking about this this morning in my, in my group. Um, you know, where do you read in the Bible every day? Well, I don't know. I read Jesus Calling yesterday. That was my devotion. Burn that devotion. <laughs> Burn the book. Throw it out. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's like there's that's not the Bible. A devotion is not a, a, a devotional book is not a Bible. That's not it's not the Bible. So how are you supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body and strength if you're not reading the Bible? Oh, I know. You just feel it, don't you? Oh, I have this feeling. Well, how are you supposed to know the feeling is biblical if you don't read the Bible? Thirteen five does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked. Loved is not provoked. Does not take into account wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And this is a whole bunch of what we're all dealing with right now, right now, right? Because we know that a whole bunch of untruth is out there and it's on both sides. It's not just one side. You know, you got to remember that the prince of the power of the air, Satan, rules the airwaves. So why are we surprised if the gospel is trying to get out on, on secular platforms, number one, and why are we surprised when people like Twitter and Facebook are like banning our president because they don't want him to have any, any place to say anything? We shouldn't be because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He has control over all that. You know, it, it's, it's that. And then in verse 6, it says, Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And there's a whole lesson in there I can't give you, but I know somebody who can. <laughs> and maybe they will someday. Love never fails, but there are gifts of prophecy. They will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. And if there's knowledge... It will be done away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. 
When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Yeah, we do. But then, face to face, but now we know in part. But then I will know fully just as I have fully, I have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. And if the church isn't exemplifying God's love in this day and age, then we are no better than the world. How are we separate if we're not bearing that fruit? Another thing I want to share before we actually kind of look at some of the stuff in the media is this. Let me ask you something. And I'm totally serious. When was the last time you called Jesus your master? Like you use that word, master. Like in your prayer life, um, in your thought, uh, you know, in, in your thinking, have you called Jesus your master? When was the last time that happened for you? If you're like most people, probably not in a very long time. Because when we see the word master, we think slavery, right? That's what I think of. Oh, you know, we, we see, oh, master, you know, and we think bad things like, like, you know, I'm going to get beat by my master if I don't, if I don't do what he says, because that's what masters are for. They're there to overlord me and they're there to punish me, Right. So the idea of obedience to King Jesus as your master is it's it falls on deaf ears because we don't talk about it because it's not really part of our culture in general, especially as Americans, because we're independent people. We're individuals. Yeah, we are. We can pull up our boots by our, you know, our bootstraps and we can do everything our, on our own. We are independent. We don't need anybody. It, it's the American way. But the truth is, is it's not God's way. It isn't. And I have to say that it's time for the church to become obedient to their master, Jesus. You know what he did for us, right? I mean, he died on a cross brutally, he was sinless. He was perfect in every way. He's never lied. Nothing. He willingly went to the cross and died for us because of our sin. We owe him everything. We should be falling on our faces constantly before him because of what he did for us, because he loves us that much. And I'm going to tell you something. Because the church has not been obedient to, to the Lord, and, and we've played church, and we've been religious, and we've um, been, you know, listening to the words of men as opposed to him. I believe that's part of the reason we're in the mess we're in. And look, I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I don't know if Antifa did what they did the other day. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Cause the media is full of liars. Okay. And, and the liberal media in particular, all they do is lie. But what I can tell you is I know my God and my God would never tell me to do anything that they did. In fact, my God tells me to 
bless those who persecute me and to pray for those who despitefully use me and to follow him, to pick up my cross daily and follow him because, because that's what he did. So if we're going to be Christians, we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? We're supposed to be taking up our cross, praying for our enemies, blessing those who persecute us, not complaining and griping about the government and everything else that's going on, you know? And, and what happens when you do this is that it become, you forget your own sin and you become so arrogant and self-deceived that you're like, oh, you know, and, and sin is deceitful it, and it, it, it can, it can, it can destroy you and you don't even know it. Have you ever known anybody? And this is a serious question. Have you ever known anybody that's come out of a cult? I've known a number of people that have come out of cults. And what I can tell you is that, uh, and I studied cults for years and brain, you know, brainwashing and mind control and all that. I've studied all that stuff for a long time. Um, when somebody comes out of a cult, first of all, they're shocked they were in a cult because they didn't even know that they were being used and brainwashed and stuff. But once they see the light and, and the truth has been revealed to them, they can't not see it. And as followers of Christ, if we're in the word of God and we're obeying him, then we cannot see it. We cannot not see it. We, we, we see it. We see what we're supposed to do. Now, is it easy? No. But life isn't easy. It's not fair either. <laughs> we never said it was going to be fair. God never said it was going to be fair. In fact, life isn't fair. I mean, if what Jesus did for us on the cross was fair, then you tell me that that was fair. It wasn't fair. But his love for us did that. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. He, he did that because he loved us. He didn't say, hey, Father, you know, just so you know, I don't feel like it. These people hate me and stuff. And, you know, and I think that we should ban them from the world. You no, know, he suffered. Jesus suffered obedience. He, 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 he learned, he, he learned obedience through suffering. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, I don't want to say it, I hate it with everything in me, but the church is going to suffer. And the church is suffering all over the world. And America is not immune to that. And the enemy does not fight fair. Satan doesn't fight fair, people. He doesn't fight fair. You know, the, the word of God says that when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. The problem is, is that sometimes there might be one part of the body over here suffering and there's another part of the body going, you know, I think I'm just going to fight against that and completely ignore it. And what that does is that disables the body even further and, and we lose our effectiveness for the gospel. Because... Our first priority as Christians is to share the gospel. It's not to share politics. It's not to share our favorite TV show or our favorite book or our favorite or whatever. Our first mission is to go out there and share the gospel. And I haven't seen that done by the leaders in this country. 
the Christian leaders on Twitter. I see a lot of griping and complaining and, you know, and I'm like, really? Have you read the first commandment that Jesus said? Have you read that you're, that you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, and your strength? And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself? Have you read that? Oh, wait. Oh, you've read it, but have you done anything about it? No. <laughs> Why not? Do you believe it? Yeah, I believe it. Really? Because if you do, I don't. I, there's no proof of it. I don't see it. I'm going to tell you something. A house divided against itself can't stand. It falls every single time. And the devil doesn't play fair. He doesn't play fair. And so I'm just going to tell you that whereas we might see the world is unjust right now and all the stuff that happened happened. Was it Donald Trump's fault? I don't think so. I don't. But if you never believed in spiritual warfare, I would, I would, I would posit to you that there is a huge battle going on for the soul of this country. And if Biden is sworn in in a couple of weeks, and he probably will be, then I told you before this happened that I think that this is the best thing that can happen for the church. Not because I think suffering is great and I like it, but because I've watched for decades as the enemy has just dissembled our country and the, and the, and the foundation upon which, which we were built, which was the word of God. I have watched as marriage has been attacked, family has been attacked, children have been attacked, the very education system in our country has been attacked. The, I mean, I could go, I could talk a lot about it. I know a lot about it because I've talked about it for 20 years almost. And it's like, as a marriage and family therapist, I sat with clients. I saw it on the inside of a counseling room for years. <laughs> you disassemble all that. What do you expect? And then you have media that... You know, that is basically playing all the same channel, just different characters, you know, and, and you get a sense of freedom, like you have a voice, but then they take it away from you. I'm going to tell you something. They've already taken your voice away. They already have. You're already self-censoring yourself on Facebook. If you're somebody that doesn't want your Facebook page taken down, you've already stopped posting what you really want to post because they'll take it down. It will impact your business. I know this has happened to people. <sighs> so, what I'm going to tell you is that we need to love God first and not just say it. We need to really love him first. We need to love our neighbor. We need to obey God. Not just say it, but we need to do it. We need to crucify our flesh when it tells us, you know what, I want to punch you in the face because you disagree with me. We need to like crucify that flesh and say, you know what, I'm sorry, Lord, yes, this is my neighbor. I'm going to love that person by being patient, by being kind, by keeping my mouth shut, by not being provoked, by all that stuff. And actually allow the Holy Spirit to work within us so that we can win people to Christ, so that we can 
have more people come to heaven with us. That's the main purpose of the Christian. At least I think so. I read it somewhere. You know, it's not to get Donald Trump reelected. I'm sorry. It's just not. That's not the main purpose of a believer. It's not. It's, it's you know, that's not my main goal as a Christian. It's just not. You know, God uses evil people. He uses righteous people. The Bible says when the, the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Well, there you go. The wicked groan. So, um, tonight, yeah, I don't even know who's watching, but if you're watching and you want to call in and you want to weigh in on some of this stuff, you know, I will say that um, it's been reported and um, it's sad to me that Twitter decided that they want to permanently suspend Donald Trump's account. Yesterday, I read that Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook wants to, well, did ban Trump <laughs> from posting, you know, uh, the Drudge Report, you know, I was looking at the Drudge Report and their, their uh, provocative headlines. How crazy will he get? 280 hours set to pardon inner circle, family Monday, impeachment two, articles drafted. He's banished from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, Yes, shock video shows Trump finally partying before riots. I, I'm I'm just gonna say something, okay? This is what I'm gonna say, and then I'll leave it at this and Randall can weigh in. I think the whole thing was staged. Okay? That's what I think. Everything that I saw, there is no way in you know what that all of that stuff could have happened in the Capitol with all the security that they have unless that thing was staged. And I think it was staged. And I think it's tragic that somebody died as a result of it because there's no way in you know what that that could have happened. There's no way. I've been to Washington, D.C. I've been to the Capitol. There is no way with all the security that that wasn't staged. No way. Absolutely no way way so what happened is is was staged in my opinion and um a complete travesty of our country for sure and i totally understand why, why people are mad and upset and on both sides i get it what's going on right now with donald trump is completely unjust in my opinion i think that i think there was fraud maybe on both sides i don't know but there's no way that wasn't staged. That's my that's my gut feeling. Um, but as a Christian, my main priority is to love God first and love my neighbor as I love myself. And if, if that's what I am as a Christian, then that's what my focus has to be. And that's what your focus has to be. Is that popular? No. Because everything in us wants to pummel the people we don't agree with, right? Let's just be honest. I'm a tomboy at heart. I beat up my brother's enemies growing up. I, you know, I have a couple, I have a good right hook. Just saying. And I know where to kick. <laughs> That's changed much. I like, you know, I play a violent pickleball. So just saying. Um, but I'm not alone because Peter, you know, cut off an ear. So I'm just, just saying that um, when, when we see unjust things happening, we want justice and we we don't control that in this 
we don't we cannot control that so anyway so that's my rant <sighs> now my husband will weigh in with two words and he'll go i don't know what you're gonna say so yeah you can say whatever you want but uh, i don't know what i'm gonna say either <laughs> other than uh... i will tell us your thoughts i mean i clearly shared my thoughts so i'm ranted i'm i'm let me position this thing all right, is this, this thing on? I guess it is. Anyway, just doesn't sound as loud as yours, but whatever. Want me to turn your volume up? Maybe. How's that? Check one, two. That'll probably, yeah, that's more than good. Anyway, um, I'm just discouraged by the, the lack of decorum all around. I mean, I mean, let's go back to 2016. Uh, you know, every time a presidential election comes on up in my lifetime, and I'm older than you are, Stacey Lynn. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> anyway, every every U.S. presidential election, we get a choice, another choice of the lesser of two evils, and and the bar keeps, you know, it's akin to let's see. Do I want to have my arm cut off or my leg cut off? Hmm, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I use my arm for, you know, lots of things, but I couldn't get around without my leg. And, you know, which which thing am I going to vote for? You know, to, you know, which limb do I want to lose? You know, the least. Or, or the, yeah, anyway, or the most, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Right. It, I just feel like it's been that kind of choice that has gotten down to that. And... And no matter, I don't care what side of the aisle, and it doesn't matter in Christ. It doesn't. Um, but just just the disrespect for the the office, and that I mean, Richard Nixon was not a popular president. You know, under I'm not a crook. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was bad. I can't, I can't. I'm not good at that. But and he resigned from office. Uh, under, under things that he could have easily covered up, by yeah, the way. <laughs> I know, I know. He, he could have totally easy, like, destroyed the tapes. There would have been nothing, and he would have been okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know. All right, TR, fun then, guy. You're calling me Tracy. It's the wrong name, buddy. Just say no. It's Stacy. <laughs> with an S-T. See, look down he, there. I think he's messing with you. No, he is. He wrote Tracy. Baby's talking to Tracy. No, there's no Tracy in there. That's okay. Call me the wrong name. Only old people do that. Anyway. I had so, a guest do that one. You guys remember that episode? Yes. I had a guest kept calling me Tracy during the whole episode. That was funny. Anyway, anyway so. Anyway. You know, Nixon, <laughs> not a popular president. Uh, Carter, not a real popular president, etc. Don't even get me started on Carter. I mean, but they were pre-internet. Imagine... Imagine if they left office saying all magazines, you know, popular media, newspapers, you can't write in here. You can never post a piece. <laughs> Libraries are not going to carry your books. You know, like, what the, you know, I mean, come on. Even even past president we call, you know, Mr. President. You know, it's just, right. just out of respect for the office. However they got there, um, you know, and... Whatever. What I um, can tell you is that a whole bunch of people are jumping to parlor. Yeah, someone on, <laughs> someone on. Uh, okay, it's all right, Tony. Someone Periscope was saying that parlor is shut down, but 
No, Parlor didn't shut down yeah. the account. Anyway. Janet Parshall tweeted some stuff earlier that confirmed that. Anyway, so... Anyway. I can't see your comments on Periscope for whatever reason. I see you're in there, but they won't. They I don't. Anyway. They stop letting me see your comments. So I should just even go out. Anyway, like irritating. Anyway, but but now it's not like a president resigned in disgrace or ended his a sitting president. Right. I don't care if it's Adolf Hitler is the sitting president. To oh no 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 okay. So Google suspends Parlor app from the Play Store. Apple gives 24-hour warning. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now those bullies are bullying the... Yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Go. No, no the, and, and, that's, and that's just where we are uh, as a society, especially mainstream media and society, where there's, there's just a complete loss of... almost complete loss of decorum that... It's just like, you know, the the same Congress, they can say, oh, it's cl- too close to an election to nominate a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> it's too close to an election. I saw that. You know, yeah, I saw that when they did that. Now it's, <laughs> now it's not too close to an inauguration to boot uh, a sitting president the last, Francis. in the last 13 days of his presidency. I know, right? It's like 13 days. They can't even wait. I mean, it's two weeks. It's like a vacation. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and again, you know, just I'm not standing up for Trump or whatever. I'm just just the office. Yeah. It's just like just and <laughs> and then you know and just these divisions. All right, I'm gonna cut this right here. In that, I was reading the book of. Colossians, the Epistle of Colossians, and just reading it one sitting. And reading it in one sitting, what I came away with that, what I came away from with that, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, I do. Um, I've known you 30 years, yeah, so. That, <laughs> what you got out of your reading of the whole book of Colossians at one time is. Is that we are to set our minds on things above, where Christ is seated, not on the things of the earth. And the Apostle Paul enumerates several earthly things, Sabbaths and traditions and don't touch, don't taste, don't whatever. And he also mentions things like uh, slave and free, uh, Greek and Jew, circumcision. Those are earthly things. Those are earthly distinctions. And he says, Christ is all and in all. That at the end of the day, it's Christ. And so I would throw in there neither Presbyterian nor, you know, Methodist, uh, you know, neither Republican nor Democrat, neither. Don't get hung up on these earthly temporal designations. If if you're a Christ follower, Christ is all. To be to your all. Just looking up and and don't get caught up. Just just don't. Just don't go there. It's it's not it's not befitting. It's not becoming. Right. Um. You know, love does not act unbecoming. It's not becoming of a Christ follower uh, to be emotionally invested or anything, or taking sides in in any sort of earthly temporal designations and things is 
it's just a waste. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to open up our Google phone line and have you call in. I know some of you are like, no, I don't want to call in and talk to you. You're so scary. But some of you might be brave enough. <laughs> so if you do, the phone number is 931-674-1776. I remember when I got that number, I was like, yeah, I like the end. 1776 is so like patriotic. Um, and so I will take your call. If you call in, it will come through my computer, hopefully. And, um, and you can call in. <laughs> we'll just leave the number up there. And, um, and, and then we'll take your call. I want to know, what do you guys think? What do you think about what happened this week? How should we as Christians respond? And have we failed? And do we need to repent? And are you loving God first? Are you loving your neighbor second, like he told us to? What do you think of the idea of being obedient about Jesus being your master? Uh, about being provoked. I mean, all that stuff we talked about. I would love to hear your thoughts. Do you, I mean, I just would. And then the other thing, while some of you may or may not want to call in, <laughs> which, you know, I know there's not a ton of you call out there watching, but um, I want to also bring up the sad news i just heard it earlier today before i came on here was um that hall of fame la dodgers manager tommy lasorda has died he was 93 years old and uh, you know i grew up in california i was seven years old when i moved there and um i went to angel stadium i've gone to dodgers stadium and i've had the opportunity to um wear dodgers hat and and all that and, and Tommy Lasorda was just uh he was fun he made baseball fun and this is what the article says it says Tommy Lasorda the fiery hall of fame manager who guided the LA Dodgers to two world series titles and later became an, an ambassador for the sport he loved during his 71 years with the franchise has died he was 93 the Dodgers said Friday that he suffered heart failure at his home in Fullerton California Resuscitation attempts were made on the way to, to the hospital where he was pronounced dead shortly after 11 p.m. Thursday. So he just died last night. Lasorda had a history of heart problems, including a heart attack in 1996 that en ended his managerial career and another in 2012 that required him to have a, p a pacemaker. Um, and I'm not going to read the rest. I think that's, Im that's important. Um, you can read the article later. But, you know, I, I, um, do you want to play the video? If you'd like me to. Yeah, I think this is kind of cute. So, of course, he's Tommy Lasorda is being remembered from some of the, the funnier things that he had to deal with. So this is a, a video that um, is, uh, uh, well, let's just say Tommy is dealing with, with a, with a um, thing. There's, there's sound on this, too, I think. So, yeah. Go for it. An epic scuffle with the fanatic. <laughs> yeah, let me um, yeah. clear that so we can see better. Okay. Right. Well, we're back here at Veterans Stadium, and in between innings, Tommy, he's out there as the Philly <laughs> fanatic as a stuffed mannequin of a Dodger, and Tommy trying to get that fanatic close. You see the physique of the... <laughs> of the mannequin. Tommy's a little bit hot, I think. Is he's going to move that over now? Look at him go. Now he, <laughs> he says, you don't make fun of me. 
or my ball club. <laughs> oh, what a dilly. <laughs> they threw a ball at him. <laughs> Alright, it's just replaying. Hold on. You gotta love that. Gotta love Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, he's he he made baseball fun. I'm I you know I love baseball. I've always loved baseball, especially the World Series. I don't care who's playing in the World Series unless it's the Yankees. Then if the Yankees are in there, then they're always gonna win because the Yankees rule. Yeah, they do. Uh, better than any other team out there, I might add. The Yankees. People are jealous of the Yankees because the Yankees are so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I don't care if you're a fan of some other team. I still love you, but the Yankees are better. Just saying. Uh, I never, you know, I because I live so close to Angel Stadium, I, I saw more Angels games than I did Dodgers games. But Tommy Lasorda was definitely a name that uh, in the world of baseball, you can't, you can't uh, not love. Like Pete Rose, you know, Pete Rose also, a name you can't love. I mean, you can't not love. <laughs> I have to say that Pete Rose, I think he's paid enough, you know, he's been punished long enough, don't you? I remember when I went to um, Angel Stadium for the first time and I got ice cream. They gave me a Cincinnati Reds hat and from that day on I was a Reds fan because I had the hat, you know ice cream in the hat so anyway <laughs> uh, yeah okay enough about baseball is anybody gonna call in hmm? okay well if you don't call in that's okay I know we didn't leave you much time to call but we'll leave the phone number up in the event you want to call um, I will say that there is a new article Janet Parcel just tweeted it out titled Google suspends parlor app from Play Store Apple gives 24-hour warning uh, it's in the Jerusalem Post, okay? And this is the other thing, right? This is the other layer to this whole thing that bothers me. And the other layer is, how are we looking to the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. I mean, America, at least I thought that we were like the most powerful nation in the whole entire world, okay? I mean, I believe that my whole life. That's what we've been brainwashed to believe, right? And I think it's true, but... If you can divide and conquer America and weaken us, which is what they're trying to do, and they're doing a good job, it's going to be a lot easier for another country to come in here and conquer us, right? Bareface, you got any thought on that? Well, with the uh, you know deliberate collapse of the economy as well, I mean, the IMF, International Monetary Fund mm -hmm. has been after replacing the world reserve currency of the U.S. dollar for a long time, uh, but there have been really no candidates as as a replacement. Um, it's because the U.S. economy has been very strong with its gross domestic product, and uh, you know that's the value. Yes, it's fiat currency like every other; it's neither federal nor reserve, but it has a value because of the GDP of this nation, um, and you know the the world elites have been trying to get rid of the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. That is, when nations make financial transaction transactions between each other, it's in the U.S. dollars, and and that's kind of put the U.S. in uh, sort of superior position. Anyway, the elites have been trying to do with that a long time. It just doesn't happen because they're 
has been no other nation that has the production of the United States of America. Um, even more populous countries or countries perhaps with larger militaries, you know. Um, but anyway, so not going to spin a bunch of conspiracy theories, whatever, but, you know, with politically, economically, there are a lot of things going on. And God only knows for sure he holds the future. So my, you know, my faith is in him. You know, at some point in time, you know, all the, <laughs> this present age is going to end. Whether it's 10 years from now, a thousand years from now, I don't know. Um, but uh, it's not a little interesting to see things going on politically and economically uh, with the United States and the timing with the um, Global Economic Forum calling for the Great Reset and all that kind of stuff. It's anyway. Nice. All right, so I just sent out a text to my list in case anybody wants to call in. We will stick around for a few more minutes, even though technically the show will be over in a few minutes, but whatever. We're not bought and paid for. We can stay as long as we want, people. Okay, so. we got a meeting at the bottom of the hour, but. You do? Yeah. Got time together? Yep. You want to talk about got time together? Uh, I you, should. You, I you've should. talked about it plenty. I know I have. Or, you know, and have more experience with it than I do. All right, well, so actually, uh, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, I'm doing my own God Time together. If you want to be a part of it, all you got to do is call me up or let me know that you want to be a part of it. <laughs> we're just going to read the Bible together. That's it. We're going to meet and say hi, and then we're going to shut off our camera, and then we're going to read our Bible, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. That's all it is. But what I can tell you is that it can change your life if you do it. Yesterday, I was at a networking meeting. I stood up in front of all my business network colleagues, and I told them all about it. <laughs> you should have seen the room. It was kind of funny, actually. And if you're watching, you know I love you, because, you know, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I had, I had basically the nerve to tell everybody, you know, it's time to get serious with God <laughs> and to repent. And, and now is the time, people. Yeah, it is. I, I left that meeting laughing internally, but also going, really, Lord? <laughs> Here's something I've noticed. I'm going to share this with you. I have not shared this with anybody yet. So you guys are going to be the first to hear it from me right now. Okay? So I'm going to take my glasses off so you can see my eyes a little bit better. Okay. Here's something I've noticed about God time together. Here's what I've noticed. You know, I always say at the end of this show, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you, right? If you watch me, I say that at the end of every show. What I've noticed is that if you're spending time with Jesus every day in his word, I mean, actually really spending time, not like pretending to, but actually reading the word of God, meditating on it, memorizing it, trying to obey it and live it. You know what one of the fruit of that is? Boldness. 
you wonder how Peter and James and John and all those guys could be so bold when they went out and they preached the gospel all over the place because they spent all that time with the Lord directly. And it's so funny because I can tell you, I have talked to so many of my friends. Most of them say they're Christians. And when I just start talking about God time together and just reading the Bible and have you read the Bible, I've had people cry talking to me. I've had people say, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're right. I, have, I, I haven't done that. I didn't either. That's my point. I didn't either. So it's like, I'm just trying to tell you, if you want to improve your life, you really want to become more bold than do it. Because you know what? Confident believers are those people that know what they believe. They know why they believe it. And, and they don't have to go, oh, I think the Bible says whatever. Because they've read it so much, they know that the Bible says whatever. <laughs> I've shared this before. It still makes me laugh. Because the hubris of people who don't know God, it just cracks me up. It's like, <laughs> I remember I was in a aqua aerobics class. Yeah, I was getting all fit. Yeah. And, and the teacher of that class, I'm an atheist. Rah, 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 rah. And she's in this class. I'm in this class. I'm taking orders from this, this teacher. And I'm j jumping up and down, doing whatever it is she's yelling at us to do. And she did not like me because I was a Christian. Total truth. She didn't like me. And, and one day she was sitting there. Well, she's jumping up and down the water, yelling at people, and is what she did. <laughs> and she says to me that the Bible says blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, really? Where is that at? She goes, well, it's in the Bible. I go, have you ever actually read the Bible? This is all happening in water, by the way, you know. And she's like, no, I actually have never read it. <laughs> and I said, but you have, you said that with such confidence, and yet you never read it. So how, how is that possible? <laughs> so it's kind of shut up after that, kind of like, Never had anybody call me out on that. Uh. <laughs> so, so what I will tell you is that if you do it, you are going to become so bold. Because you, you will not. And, and what I mean by that is you're not going to like walk around like, look at me. I'm so great. No. In fact, you're going to. At least for me, it's been completely the opposite. It's humbled me inside. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> I had no idea. But at the same time, when you're trying to encourage people, you encourage people from the place by which you've been encouraged, right? Just like we comfort one another with the comfort with which, with which we've been comforted. Well, you can't encourage anybody if you haven't been encouraged, right? So I've been a long time cheerleader for the world. Uh, <laughs> not really the world, but God's word. And that is, is, is like, look, hey, if there's success here and you want to be confident, <laughs> I mean, just say it, right? I think the thing that's different in Tennessee than in other states is that Tennessee is a Christian state. It's supposed to be anyway. Air quotes. 
but it's 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 funny because it's like hey you're a christian yeah i am okay really okay well hey have you read the bible <laughs> i do on sunday just so you know no no really have you actually read the bible i <laughs> <laughs> no not really well hey let's do it let's just read the bible together that would be fun wouldn't it? it it's it's one of those things that truly if you do it it will change your life and here's the thing most people are not going to get mad at you there will be some people who might get mad at you if they get mad at you oh well who cares it's like whatever cry feel your feelings get over it you know that's that's what i do i cry a lot by the way just so you know i i'd cry all, I, I cry well i don't cry a lot i do cry when i have to though you know because crying is good for you you know even jesus wept that's that's a verse right there you can memorize jesus wept respond to uh the Last comment in, on YouTube. Okay. Many of us have been of the world until we learn there is so much more in Christ and in the Spirit. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Many of us have been of the world until... Yeah, I mean, it's true, right? You know what, though? I think... Here's... Even... Yeah. I, Even in the church, I think... Though there are often those who are really of the world, um, mm -hmm. and you know that may sit in a pew, uh, but then learning, you know, <laughs> there's so much more in Christ and yeah. in the Spirit, and not that we're to become Bible worshippers. You know, the the purpose of reading the Bible and being it is not to become enamored with just the bible but faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god and it's faith in god that comes you know um uh, christ messiah he upbraided the um uh, disciples on the road to emmaus for not knowing the word right he said if you if you paraphrase gross paraphrase <laughs> if you were familiar with the word you wouldn't be freaked out None of this stuff would have surprised you. You would have known what to expect from me and of Messiah. And you know what? <clears throat> this, is, this is one of the things I've learned the most about God time together. And that is that it's, it's different than a Bible study, okay? I mean, people join, oh, I'm going to go to a Bible study. You're going to get taught the Bible by somebody. That's not what this is. This is you reading the Bible with other people separately <laughs> it's, it sounds funny i'm sorry it's it, it's i the, the name corporately independently <laughs> it's, it's funny it, it it's brilliant okay first of all the name is great god time together <laughs> it's like you know, liz you should if you ever watch this you should totally trademark that um, here's the, here's, here's what's great about it though. What's great about it is you're around other believers who are reading the word and then you, you're like, I want to read that too. I want to look at what's going on there. And, oh, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit, the father is teaching you. He's disclosing info to you. He's showing you stuff through other people. 
and it, it, it's like you're growing together. I can't explain it unless you do it long enough to explain it. I've been doing this since September and it's, it's, I noticed probably about, uh, I don't know, it, sometimes the Lord just really has to whack you upside the head a few times to get your attention. Um, but there, there is power in the community of doing that, you know, and is there correction? Yes, there is. It's not pain. It's not nice. It's not, I mean, it's no fun to be corrected. I'm just going to say I've cried a lot just so you know, but I've had a lot more joy as well. I'm pretty joyful anyway, but I've had a lot more, um, joy too. You know, when in the business world, they say the five people that you hang around the most are the people that, you know, you become like the most. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of hanging around people who are, who bought into the new age hooey and, and you know what, hey, I can manifest this baloney and I can do this and that, blah, blah. You know what, I want to be hanging around people that love God's word because if you're hanging out with disciples that are loving Jesus and they're doing the stuff Jesus is telling us to do, then guess what? You're going to be a better disciple. You're going to be happier. You're going to be healthier. You're going to, you're going to grow. You know, it might hurt some, but who cares? These people love you anyway, because they're part of the body. And I'm, I am humored more than anything. I'm, you have no idea how humored I am because most of you have no idea the church history that I have. Um, and, you know, church people are like the last people I want to be around because, you know, I've been, you know, that, anyway, all that to say, that's not what this is. It, it's, it is, but it's not. <clears throat> and I think that the church has been deceived for a very long time. I think that, um, I think that in the 80s, psychology came into the church, probably even before the 80s, but I got saved in the 80s. So ever since I've been a believer, psychology came into the church, politics came into the church, activism came into the church. And not that any of these things are horrible or rotten, but it became a priority in the church. And then even this Took morning, front seat. yeah, we were reading devotional books. Do you know that Christian publishing and Christian radio, here's a, here's a, here's a history lesson. So number one, Christian publishing isn't that old. The, the Christian publishing world is like, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 years old. It may be a little bit older than that. It's not that old. It hasn't been around that long. Christian novels have not been around long when you look at the history of the world. Okay. Literally, Christian fiction is a relatively new thing, okay? Devotionals, somebody got the idea that if you write a devotional book and put a scripture in it or whatever, that's how you do your quiet time. You know, my daily bread. That's a perfect example of it right there. Hey, who doesn't like some daily bread, right? Hey, let's read this little thought from whoever wrote it and then little scripture to tag onto it. That's how sermons began. But Christian radio actually was originally designed to have Bible teachers teach and preach their sermons. That is originally what Christian radio was. It was Sunday sermons. It was teaching from the pulpit. And not to bag on our daily bread in this publication of 
RBC Radio Bible class. And, yes. And yeah, it's I'm a, not bagging on it. I'm just okay. saying that. Yeah, devotions are great as a supplement, but yeah. Yeah, but when that is the only thing that, if yeah. if that is your Bible reading time, you're right. not reading the Bible. Indeed. And so it's really, so I look at that and I think, ooh, the enemy was so good because then the Christian publishing world came in and then all of a sudden heresy starts creeping in and you got all this heretical stuff and and then the popular books, you know, The Shack, that's heresy. You got, I mean, all a lot of the popular stuff out there that people are like, oh, you got to read this. And I'm like, no, don't read that. <laughs> Please read the Bible, because if you read the Bible, you wouldn't be reading that <laughs> right there. So anyway, all I have to say, I'm just, I'm just saying it's, 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 it's very subtle how Satan works, and and I've been reading a lot in the in the Bible, and and you know, have you ever done a study on self deception? You should look that up in the Bible. Go to the concordance, go to blueletterbible.com, in the search thing, put in self deception and see what comes up. You know, the Bible talks about how we should examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith, <clears throat> right? So a lot of people think that they're, do, they're doing a Bible reading, and I've said this before, because you open up your version app, you click on the verse of the day, you share it. Hey, yeah, but have you read it? No, not really, because you just read the verse. And I know a lot of you out there are like that, and and I just want to encourage you that it's okay that you've been doing that, but it's it would be better if you could change it and then read a chapter. Read the verse, but then read the whole chapter that that verse is in. You will see most of the time it means something completely different. I, I for my whole Christian walk, have struggled with the book of Hebrews. Totally. I'm like, Hebrews? Ah, You know, seriously, I really not like that book because it's just, it's a, there's been this block in my head about hebrews right seriously seriously i just haven't liked the book it's, it's, it's so, so but here's rich. the thing so recently i got this okay so this is the book of hebrews right here see it says hebrews on there and what this is is a um it's it's um it's the abide bible journal okay so there's a Bible called the Abide Bible. And what the Abide Bible is, is a Bible that gives you little prompts within it. There's little prompts in there. And um, like praying scripture, um, reflecting and writing about the scripture, read, write, meditate, pray, and contemplate. Okay. And so I thought, well, I got the Bible, and it talked about these little journals. So I'm going to go ahead, and I want to buy one of these to see what it's like. So what this is, is the text of Hebrews. That's all it is. It's Hebrews. It's just Hebrews, and then it's paper so that you can actually write your notes and all that. And K. Arthur, who many years ago, almost 30 years ago, Randall and I, it was probably 25 years ago, Randall and I were introduced to Precept Bible Studies with K. Arthur. And one of the things that I learned, like all those years ago, was in one of her studies, <clears throat> the way that she typically does a study is she will, like, if, let's say you're studying the book of Philippians or whatever. She usually has you read the whole book first. Well, 
my friend Pam has encouraged all of us to read the Bible longer on the weekend. Binge the Bible. That's what she said. Just binge the Bible, read the Bible like for a longer period of time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, and so last week uh, on the weekend, I sat down on the weekend and I intentionally s- said, I'm going to read Hebrews. And it's, there's 13 chapters in Hebrews. Took me about an hour to read it all at one time. And I read it. It's the first time I've literally sat and read all of Hebrews at one time. Because um, it took me an hour to read it. And I normally don't do that, right? If it's a shorter book, I will. But Hebrews is a little bit longer. It's not like Genesis, though. That's long. <sighs> and after I got done reading that, the book of Hebrews, what happened was there, there's this, 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 this thing happened. And I can't even explain it. I'm almost speechless. But I sat there and like, I started to cry. (laughs) I was sitting there crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Because I understood it. Like for the first time I sat there, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's what this book is about. Because what happens is that you read one verse of Hebrews and then you take another verse out of Hebrews and you, and this is your idea of Hebrews is you, you have one verse here, one verse here, one. And, but reading it all at once, I was like, oh my gosh. And so like, if you like have a love letter, right? Like some, let's say somebody writes you a love letter, like, like say Bareface wrote me a long letter. Do you think I would read one line out of that letter and then like go, oh, I got what Bareface was trying to say to me. No. I would read the whole letter and I would like, then I would go back and I would reread it and I'd take things out of it that I wanted to meditate on. Well, so that happened on Hebrews. I all of a sudden got it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most awesome book ever. And, and, and just something happened inside my heart, honestly. And I just, you know, and so I've been reading it a lot this week. Again, I've been reading it. Um, I have not seen John Piper's reviews of Hebrews. No, I haven't. But I can look it up, I guess. I, I know it's a great book. It's just that I never understood it because I never took the time to read it all at one time. So, um, so yeah, so the Abide Bible thing, they actually have these for every book in the Bible. So if you want to study a book or whatever, it's just a cool way to... Um, you know, to read it, it's big print. So if you're like me and you need big print because you're getting old, um, you know, and then you can journal it and stuff. And and for me, you know, I, I uh, like, like here in this chapter right here, you see what I circled? Take note of Jesus. That's what it says right there. Take note of Jesus. Um, you know, uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's um so yeah, I dare you. That's what that's my challenge to you. Okay. So my my exhortation was to love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. To become more obedient to God, right? I mean we all have to, because that's that's what we're supposed to do, right? My second exhortation is to try to be loving to everybody else, because that's difficult sometimes in our culture. Ask yourself, are you being provoked? Are you being, you know, whatever? Read 1 Corinthians 13. My third exhortation is to read the Bible. Just read it. Read, read, pick a little book. Jude, 
or, you know, Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians. Those are all short books. Jonah. Jonah. China. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad Donald Trump joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, um, the Book of Ruth is good. <laughs> you can't read little books. I read Obadiah recently. That was a challenge. Uh, any, anyway, so if you just read the whole book, and then you'll get the you'll get the um, the picture, uh, and then maybe something will happen in your heart like it did with me, and then it will make you it will make you more bold, right? And in all seriousness, I am doing God time together on Thursday night at seven p.m. Central Time. So if you want to be a part of that, message me. I'll get you on the invite list to do it um, and, uh, you know, and be there. Also, we have a Daily Disciples Facebook group. If you're not in it, go over to the, go, go over to Facebook and search for Daily Disciples group and you can be in there. We're reading the Bible every day together. Have some great people in there who just open up God's word and they read it. Right now we're going through the book of Acts in there, which is cool. Um... <laughs> What else do I got to tell you? Oh, yeah. If you want to be on my email list, text me. Or or if you want to be on my text message list, just get in touch with me. I'll put you on it. Um, and, you know, certainly if you'd like to donate to Heart Tug International and have your heart tugged, uh, then then you can do that down as well. Uh, because um, that would just fund what we do. And, you know, I would appreciate that, actually. Lord lead you to give, then feel free to give. Blessed, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So you can um, you can do that over at our website as well. I'm also on Venmo and also on PayPal. So if you need those, you know, I'm on Venmo at Stacy Lynn Harp. If you want to, just the way my name is spelled. If you're on Venmo and you want to donate there, you can Venmo it to me over there, um, and we'll make sure it goes to Heart Tug and all that. So. All right. Well, I don't know if this is what you expected of our show, but if it is, good. If not, then, you know, hopefully God used it somehow to bless you. That's the point. You know, James chapter four, verse eight says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you in part. There's other stuff it says too, but I like to end there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and that's my, my encouragement to you is to draw near to God and, and he'll draw near to you. And if you read the Bible, ask him to help you understand it. And he will. He will. I mean, I was 13, 14 when I got saved. I don't remember because I don't know the exact date of my conversion. But if a teenager can understand God's word, then it doesn't matter how old you are. You can understand God's word because God will give you understanding. He'll teach you. That's the best part about it. You know, um, so make 2021 a year where God is first for real. True story, right? And get around people who are making God first or doing their best. I mean, are we going to be perfect at it? No, of course not. But I guarantee you, if you hang out with God's people who are actually pursuing him, can you imagine what it must have been like to be on the inner circle with J Peter, James, and John? Man, can you imagine the word of God that came out of them, talking to them and their characters, how they were shaped and how they, they, they got changed? 
you know, Peter, I, I know I'm totally related to Peter. I have to be. <laughs> actually, my last name is derived from Peter, just so you know, it's actually true. My maiden name. Um, but, you know, hanging out with holy people, you know, it's, it's a it's a cool thing. It's like the best thing ever. You know, it's like hanging out with people who love God is the, it's most, it's the most awesome thing ever because it's not fake. You can, you can see, you can hear it and you can be around it and you can grow and be encouraged and you're not filled with the angst of the world because, you know, you can talk about what's going on in the world, but you have a biblical encouragement and solution and, you know, bar- Barnabas is, um, everybody needs a Barnabas, you know, so may I be that to you, because, you know, I've been Barnabas to Janet Parshall, she told me, so I have email to prove it, <laughs> in fact, I was reading it a couple days ago, it was from 2008, uh, anyway, that's another story for another day. The spontaneity and humor that occur on your show complements the core message. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that's the case. It's not. It's you know. It's not that I'm not aware of what's going on. I'm trying to just let you know that maybe we should be more aware of God's word first, and then go. Oh, that's what's going on, and not just quote pray about it. But ask the Lord to allow us to be filled with his word, his spirit, so that we can go out and we can minister in that power and have the boldness that he's going to give us as a result. It's that, it's that simple. And here's the other thing, and I know our time is up because Randall's like, wrap it up, girlfriend. Here's the other thing. Remember that you're older than a lot of people. Okay? I know for me it's pretty obvious because look at that gray hair. Yeah, it is gray curly and too long and I'm waiting for somebody to call me back to get it cut because my hair is like way too long people this is driving me crazy anyway you can always influence lots of people regardless of what age you are but use your age to your benefit you know young people will will listen to you more when you're old (laughs) you're like no they won't (laughs) no they will because what you do is you just say, you know, honey, I got I to gotta tell you something. God loves you. And he really does. And let me tell you this really cool story. There's this book. It's about sex. It's in the Bible. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's called The Song of Solomon. You should check it out. Especially this verse. <laughs> Okay, I'm kidding. Be appropriate with the with the age that you tell that to. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> but there are other, you know, blood and gut stories, read judges for that. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible and you can throw it into a, a conversation if you know what it says. If you don't know what it says, then you can't do that. Oh yeah, I got to go. Randall's like got a meeting. I forgot. <laughs> All right, so on that happy note, be bold, people. Stand up. Go with God because he loves you, and we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing.